once again to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or wherever you're listening to this in your favorite podcast application. It is time for me to continue my ongoing coverage, ongoing coverage, ongoing coverage of the G1 Climax 31, the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, keeping rolling on with uh, with this year's uh, G1. I want to thank everyone for watching right now, listening wherever you may be right now, whether it's here live on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I record these live periodically. I record these uh, every two G1 nights, so every time, yeah, after every second block night, basically. I just decide to wrap it up and do just like one little bundle where I talk about the last two previous nights. We're already up to five and six. Things are going down pretty smoothly, pretty excitingly. And, you know, as you can tell right now, if you're especially if you're watching this right now on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, you know, I said it. You say it once, but it just you want to say it again because it rolls off the tongue so well. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Um, we're already, uh, yeah, there's already some front runners. There's already some people picking up steam. We'll get to that as, as, as we go along. But the standings are, are right here. Let's start talking about the blocks. Let's get into those. Let's break down the last two nights. nights and we're going to start with night five which happened on September 26th for block A, the top block, number one block, chop block. Um, I'm going to come to think of it before I just like jump right in all of a sudden, right? And just like dive right in. As As it stands right now, these were probably my two least favorite nights of the G1 so far. We're still really early. You know, we're, we're, it's not as if, you know, we're getting close to, you know, night... Uh, night 11 here it's nothing like that but as opposed to the first four that we got which were really really exciting I feel this one is a little yeah, it's a little slower it's a little uh, not quite not quite as exciting we're still gonna talk about it I mean don't get, don't get me wrong we're still gonna we're still gonna chit chat about this stuff I'm not just tossing it to the wayside um there we go. Let's let's just go right ahead. Night five. Um, of course, this is uh, again the night, uh, the the block where Tetsuya Naito, as you can tell, has been officially uh, eliminated. He's been uh, well. He's not. He's forfeited his place. Right. That's that's the issue with our with our boy Naito right here. So um, so uh, as it stands right now, there's nothing more. Uh, there's nothing more he can he can do except add points for everyone. So, the uh, the Naito match basically uh, it was Shingo Takagi Takagi. That's where I'll never get it right. Shingo was supposed to wrestle uh, Naito on uh, night five. Uh, instead, he got uh, he got to fight um, he got to fight Yuji uh, 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 Nagata. Um, again, this has no incidence on the results of the G one, as you know, as we talked about on the last. Uh, on the last uh, um, recap show, there's nothing to there's nothing really here that he that that fighting Yuji Nagata can add other than just making sure that you know all the all the block members still wrestle and still put some wear and tear and so on and so forth. 
Mike, the the one thing I and I don't want to spend much time on this because you know I don't want to talk about the, the the prelim matches. I really want to focus on the tournament matches since this not this isn't officially a tournament match. There's no point really. In, but I was I was wondering if anyone actually told old Yuji here uh, that this was not a G1 match for him. Cause my God, this match rocked. It was a hard. Hitting thing. This this was Yuji, Yuji Nagata, telling Shingo, hey pal, you're the champ and you're getting a bye tonight. Okay? You're like you're scouting for you've got a free two points here. Um you or at least you may think you have a free two points, but not on my watch. You're still gonna have to work for this for this win here. Even if it is ultimately useless, you're gonna feel like you worked for these two points. And Jesus, these guys went at it. This was very very, very good. One of the best matches of the night wasn't even in, uh, didn't have any relevance to the G1. Fantastic stuff. I think you should take, uh, you should check it out. It was a lot of fun. Especially if you're a fairly new fan who maybe saw Yuji Nagata on AEW, uh, who had a good performance, but maybe you were left a little uncertain as to why everyone was sort of like, oh, Yuji Nagata, this, you know, fantastic uh, uh, legend of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but, uh, and you you look at him wrestle uh, John Mox and uh, Moxley, and he's, you're like, hey, yeah, that's pretty good. He's, you know, he's fine. But maybe you're like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, you'll get it. This is the kind of match where you, you're like, oh, oh, this is what everyone was excited about. This, yeah, because this was a hard-hitting Eugene Nagata match. Go check it out. Hello, DGMC and Rick Poling. Good to see you both. So, uh, first uh, match tournament of the evening was uh, Great Okan defeating Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Pimp! Um, you know, we get some Yujiro shenanigans as he distracts the ref uh, with uh, Peter to take out uh, Great Okan on the ramp. Uh, and uh, the back of Great Okan becomes an issue Throughout the match, and Yujiro sort of takes advantage of it for a while. Great Okan gets back in control with a gut wrench suplex at some point. They trade some chops. Yujiro hits a fisherman's buster, but yeah, Great Okan wins with the eliminator. This wasn't either man's best G1 effort so far. I think they've had uh, much stronger matches in the previous uh, in, on both uh, nights one and three. Um, yeah, this. This wasn't it. But, like, nothing egregiously terrible with it, but not fantastic either. Toriano defeated Tangaloa. I'm a little surprised here. I mean, surprise, you know, just because I really was figuring that uh, that Tangaloa was going to pick up a win here. Not surprising in the sense that Toriano always scores in G1s, right? He he has a pretty high points average when it comes to his participation in G1 tournaments. So, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> it's like... Uh, but I kind of figured that they'd give Tongaloa a little... Uh, throw him a bone here. It's interesting. Um, but Yano comes to the ring with a big bag... Full of tape and handcuffs. And of course, this is the night that Chris Charlton isn't around uh, on commentary. So no one's there to really translate, you know, what's going on? Why he brought the bag? You know, what was written on the bag? And I think the gimmick here, I think the thing was, 
that Yano was put all brought the, the little the little pouch, the little bag to the ring and told the referee, Marty Asami, the worst referee in, in pro wrestling right now, told him, look, all of my handcuffs and all of the tape that I own is in this bag here. I'm playing fair tonight kind of thing. You know, I'm not maybe not playing fair, but I'm not using these things. I think that was the conceit of this. Um, anyway, Loa covers, uh, they, they fight on the outside and, uh, Tagaloa at some point covers Yano's head with his t-shirt, you know, kind of like what bullies do to nerds, uh, on the schoolyard, tosses a young lion onto him. And, you know, I like, I like the Yano shenanigans. I think it's entertaining. I, you know, I know it's not everyone's bag, but at some point, you know, my suspension of disbelief will only go so far. So if I'm in a wrestling match, if I'm fighting because another dude is about to beat me up and someone takes my t-shirt and flips it over my head, which I'm not going to do live here on stream uh, for two reasons. One, I wouldn't want to turn anyone on too hard. And secondly, I'll probably get demonetized for uh, showing my bare chest. You know, that's just how it goes. Um... So if someone does that, you know, pulls my t-shirt over my head, I'm not going to go around like this going, for too long before just going, because mm. it's just like, you know, wrapped at the very, at the very furthest, you know, it's like at the top of your, at the top of your neck and just go, mm. right? <laughs> um, look, whatever. Loa covers Yano. Uh, no, that's it. He, he he did the thing with the t-shirts. Anyway. Uh, and um, Loa tries to wrestle him down. Hits an exploder suplex. Yano replies with the uh, folly slap to the back of the head, which he typically does in the G1's folly. Bad luck folly is not in the G1 this year, so there's none of that. Uh, and hits a belly to belly. We see the Operation J Jado Killer by Tangaloa as, as well. There's a ref bump. Jado comes in with the kendo stick. Yano evades some kendo stick shots. Then he uses the kendo stick on Loa, tosses it to Jado. As the referee recovers from his ref from his bump, Yano hit drops on his back. He's doing an Eddie Guerrero uh, lie, cheat, and steal spot. Um, so, but he sees Jado and he tosses, you know, gets him out of the ring. And while the referee is distracted, Yano rolls up Loa, and the referee was like, oh, wait, there's a pin happening, and then he covers it there. You know, it, again, it is what it is. It's a Toru, Toru, excuse me, Toru Yano match. <laughs> Not sure why I'm stuttering. Um, so, you know, you immediately know whether you're going to watch this match or you're going to skip it. It's, it's, it, that's just how it goes. Beep boop, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Kenta defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Um, uh, Kenta, uh, at first, you know, he he mocks Ishii, and then he goes for the stall. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good old-fashioned stall. There's a couple of people in this world who are really good at it. Kevin Owens is a very good staller. Jay White is a legendary staller. Uh, and Kenta, Kenta is right up there as well. This was good stuff. Uh, and he does it quite a quite a, a substantial amount of time, right up until 
Uh, Ishii is, has enough of it, drags him back into the ring for a beating. Kenta uh, then spills out to the floor. Kenta beats him with the belt. Uh, the bell, excuse me, the, the timekeeper's bell. Marty Asami, the dope, who's on the floor trying to split these guys up, doesn't even see it. He doesn't, he, he's right there. Like he's literally right there trying to split the guys apart. And Kenta grabs a, a wrestling bell. Like it's, it, it's about, you know, it's big in my, as big in my head as my head. And just, clonk. Marty Asami, Asami's like, what? Uh, do not see anything go. What? Uh, Kenta starts working an arm to stay on top of uh, Ishii here from trying to keep him from gaining an advantage and this would this is a strategy that would pay off and was really the you know, the centerpiece of the story here because Ishii will try to battle back on Kenta uh, trying to beat him down in the corner even if his right arm is hurting and, and Ishii sells the arm for the better part of this match here so you you're into it you get it. it's like the right the 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 right arm is uh is compromised and his uh and then you start wondering well are his strikes still on point will he be able to do it you know um and and they don't at some point they go for a striking exchange and you, you know Ishii is one of the guys who likes to go strong style the most in the middle of the ring just like laying on the other guy um Kenta is a guy who can do it but does you know doesn't necessarily have the uh, uh, natural resilience that uh, Ishii has, but here he's able to stand up to the shots because the right arm is, has been compromised and worked on so well. Um, and eventually this strong style sequence is won by Kenta, who hits a discus lariat on Ishii. Um, Ishii starts to fight back, but gets put into a cross face, and Kenta's shin is positioned on the back of the head, which was uh, really, really good. And... Throughout the match, Ishii gets these gets these little hope spots, but Kenta is just on top of him and uh, uh, is just on top of the whole thing. Having worked the arm, uh, taking away some of the striking power, Kenta is able to be very, very resilient in this match. Uh, Ishii hits a, a stalling superplex, which ruled. Uh, but Kenta then just lays in with some vicious palm strikes. Um... And uh, uh, he tries to land the brain buster, but he can't do it. Kenta's too wily. He rushes Ishii into the uh, the exposed corner where a turnbuckle pad was taken off. Rolls him up, holds the tights, gets the win. Kenta scores another two points. Fun little match. Well worked, strong, and I really like the story that was told here. So it was uh, good stuff. Zack Sabre Jr., Continuing down his path of destruction, defeated Kota Ibushi. Now you can you can smell and like Rick said earlier in the chat, Zack Saber Jr. better win this thing, right? And I mean, look, I still, I'm I'm still thinking, and my opinion hasn't changed. Kazuchika Okada is is going to burn through everyone in Block B, and he's the winner. He's He's going to win the G1 this year. But let's go back to Zach here. Because Sabre, the commentary here was putting over really, really hard the fact that 
uh, Zack Sabre Jr. not only defeated Naito, not only defeated Shingo Tagaki, but had had both guys tap out. And also emphasizing the fact that, um, also emphasizing the fact that uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. injured Naito out of the tournament, which I'm still not entirely convinced is not a work. Like I said, like and this honestly, this is this is my 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 pro wrestling fan for decades putting on his little tinfoil hat and being like, maybe this isn't work. Well, the the it's pro, the, you know the injury is probably legitimate. You know, haven't heard anything to the opposite, right? Um, but the point here is that they're they're saying that uh, uh, Saber took out Naito, injured him out of the tournament, so they were saying you know. Ibushi has to come hit, bring and bring his best to this match because Zack Sabre Jr. can beat him but also can hurt him in this process. And I thought it was interesting again that they were bringing this up because if you've been watching these recaps now, if you've if you've caught up and if you haven't caught up yet, these are all in a playlist on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes that you can watch at your own convenience in, 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 in sequence on top of that. The... I, I I talked about at the start of this tournament that I think the story that they were trying that they're trying to tell with Kota Ibushi, which actually started with his Wrestle Grand Slam loss to uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's kind of like his goalpost. It's kind of like his his measuring stick, is what I want to say. Hiroshi Ta- being unable to defeat his measuring stick, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi comes into the G1 not ready. He's not. Golden God Kota Ibushi. He's not the guy that uh, that won two consecutive G1s. There's something wrong with Kota here. He's not. He's not up to par. He's not on uh, on the usual level, right? So, so, um, if so, we go into this match here, right? Um, we go into this match here where. Where where the commentary is waiting is basically saying Ibushi has to be ready. So I think we're still telling the story, and I think this is a story that's going to persist here. Where Kota Ibushi is not the Kota Ibushi that we usually know. This match had a really fun start. You think Zack Saber Jr. has everything in in control for Ibushi, but Ibushi has a sequence where he even has uh um where even he, even he has a, a sequence where Saber is retreating into a corner, and Ibushi's like, "Yeah, you want you want to grab one of my limbs." So, oh, here's you want to try and make a grab for one of my limbs. Here's a kick to your hamstrings, you jerk. Oh, you you want to ki- you want to catch my another one of my like another one of my limbs. You want to try get some wrist control. Here, another kick to your hamstrings, you jerk. You see, Ibushi knew who he was facing. That's not the point. He was ready for for Zach, right? Uh, and but true to himself, of course, you know Zach Saber Jr. grabs a limb and he just works the shit out of it. This in this case, it's the left arm. Um, and Ibu tries to stay on a striking game, but because Saber's striking game is not as strong, at least not, you know, not, not as strong as, uh, against a guy like, like Ibu, he does, you know, he does his best, but he hits a big sit-out powerbomb, which was cool, a German suplex, and when he hits this German suplex, and I'm looking at Kota Ibushi at this point in the match, I think we're about halfway through, and I, then it dawned on me, and I remembered, Kota Ibushi doesn't sweat, the, the guy is still, you know, dry as a bone. As if he just like, you know, I can't even say woke up in the morning because sometimes you sweat that night. What is, what is the perfect moment? Like, 
when is the perfect moment where you're not sweaty? That's the moment where Kota Ibushi seems to constantly be in. This is this amazing counter of uh, of the moonsault, uh, the uh, Kota Ibushi's moonsault. He goes up on on the turnbuckle to do it, but Zack Sabre Jr. just rushes in and and just kicks him on the uh, on the legs. It was fantastic, just, just a great one. Um, and then we we get to the end where Zack Sabre Jr. Um, okay. Ibushi lands a Bomaye and reverses out of an armbar attempt with a knee while holding wrist control of, of Zack Sabre Jr. But Sabre uh, rolls out of that and wraps Kota into an octopus and a, a nasty one. You know, not one of these half-assed, oh, he's in an octopus, a guillotine. No, 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 no. He's, a, he's in a good one. He's torquing back. And then he gets, he gets Ibushi on the mat and then he sort of shifts into like a half-stretch muffler while, and I'm doing my best here. He's got the leg kind of like in a half-stretch muffler because he's not doing the arm thing. And then he, what well, he's locking his heels around Ibushi's head. And then he secures like an, uh, like an inverted body scissors while still holding like this half-stretch muffler and still while holding the head of Kota Ibushi, and then he just goes for the right arm on top of that, starts pulling back, Ibushi submits. Fantastic. Fantastic. And another submission win for Zack Sabre Jr. Again, I can't help but ask the question and wonder what would have happened if Naito hadn't been taken out. Is this... New Japan reacting, or was this the plan? I don't know, but ultimately it doesn't matter because Zack Sabre Jr. right now is tearing through everyone. Now, if we look at the standings right now, and we we take a look at who uh, who Zack uh, has left to, to, to fight here, it's all the mid to lower carters. He's gone through every, like, he's gone through every legitimate main event threat the one the the matches where you could sincerely say oh, I, I think Sabre's dropping I think he's he's losing to to Shingo oh, he's losing to Naito he beat Naito he beat Shingo he beat Kota Ibushi look at the this is who look, look at who who's left here he's got Great Okan which potentially he could lose because Great Okan right now is the only other wrestler on a winning trajectory. This is going to be a tiebreaker. This is going to be, effectively, when they have their fight, this is going to be the one that's going to kind of give the direction for the rest of the block and see what the um, will dictate the results of many other wrestlers in this uh, uh, in this setup here. He, you know, it's conceivable that he can win against Kenta as well. That that's not a problem. He shouldn't be a problem against Toruyano unless they really decide to pull out the shenanigans. But that that should be a win as well. Ishii should be a win. Tongaloa should be a win. It it, it is entirely possible, very conceivable to see Zack Saber Jr. win Block A. And I the more the the more this is advancing, the more I think it, it that's exactly what's going to happen. His 
three legitimate threats, the three wrestlers in block A that pose the biggest threat to Zack Sabre Jr. have all been disposed of. After that, it's either surefire wins or, like I said, in the case of maybe Great Okan, maybe Kenta, but mostly Great Okan at this point, uh, it's it's either... It's either or. It's he he has he has a extremely high percentage chance to win to defeat. I think that his next really big match is against Great Okan, as it stands today, because they're they're the block uh, they're the block leaders. That's what we have right now. Great Okan at eight, Zack Saber Jr. at six, along with Kenta and Toru Yano as well. And don't worry, Toriyano's uh, winning streak is not going to last. Shingo is at uh, four. Yujiro Takahashi is at four as well. Kota Ibushi is four at four, two. Uh, Tomoyu Ishii and Tangaloa both at two points. And uh, of course, Naito is out. But exciting stuff moving on here. Very, very exciting moving stuff. And don't forget, Zack Sabre Jr., as it stands right now, is the only guy who is legitimately... Uh, who legitimately has all, uh, earned all six of those points, whereas Great Okan, uh, Great Okan has benefited from the Naito bump, as I like to call it. Um, I think I, I, you know, if you're into the G1 and you don't have much time, uh, as as far as uh, night five goes, uh, September 26 for Block A, just skip to the main event. And if you have a little more time on your hands, treat yourself to the opening match. Treat yourselves to Shingo versus Yuji Nagata. That was a blast and a half. I think everything else on the card is skippable. Like, there's nothing really that, that'll make you... That's really worth it. You know, an okay night. Very uneven. Two great matches. One that had nothing to do with the G1. <laughs> Block B happened just uh, earlier today or yesterday or anyway, September 29. <laughs> G-Max, G-Max, G-Max sounds like a, sounds like an energy drink uh, for gamers, for the serious Call of Duty gamers, the serious Overwatch gamers. Let, grab yourself some G-Max, now laced with Adderall. G1 Climax Night 6. Block B, September 29. Um, opened up with uh, Evil... Uh, evil. Okay. <laughs> opened up with Evil versus uh, defeating Tai Chi. Uh, I did not like this match. I didn't like... I, I can't express you enough how much I did not... How much I disliked this match. And even if commentary did their damnness to convince me that hey you know what this is what's cool about this match a couple of years ago the roles would have been reversed Tai Chi would be trying to weasel his way uh, into a victory here with some cheating efforts while Evil would be the straightforward guy doing his best to win the match the most wholesome way possible 
uh, the roles are reversed tonight, folks. Evil is the cheater. Tai Chi is the uh, is the wholesome guy. I'm like, I don't care, and I didn't care going into this match, and it just proved me right. There was preliminary match out the gate with these two guys. Didn't care for it. Like, there's two minutes in, and we get. Uh, Dick Togo shenanigans. Three minutes in and we're doing the timekeeper table spot, which we're going to do, of course, a second time in the in the course of this one. Like, it's not a long match, don't get me wrong, maybe like 10 minutes at the most. But, you know, th this, is a, this was essentially it. Can you, like, there? it's Tai Chi in this match who's giving us sparkles of wrestling. In 2021, where evil is just, he's just being, he's just being a, a heel, like, you know, that just bothers you. Tai Chi at some point blocks a low blow, hits one of his own. He gets the Gato Clutch on evil, gets the visual pin, but Dick Togo is distracting the ref. We've seen this exact scenario in the last, uh, on, on, night, uh, on night four. Here we are doing it again. Then Togo at some point, here's, this is stupid. This is, this is stupid as shit. And this is where, I'm trying to say too many things at once. But we'll start by explaining the thing. Dick Togo starts dragging Miho Abe, excuse me. Starts dragging her by the hair outside the ring and she's squealing. And then Tai Chi's like, wait a minute, what are you doing to her? He gets distracted. And for some reason that distracts the ref too. Who like turns to Togo and is like, you let her go. It and of course it's fucking Marty Asami, right? And you're like, why first of all, no reason for the ref to get involved in this. These are two people who are not involved in the match. So what is he doing? There's no reason for him to get involved. So while all of this is going on, what do you think happens? Evil Low blows Tai Chi, hits everything is evil, and then locks Tai Chi in a sharpshooter or a scorpion deathlock, depending on you know, what your allegiances are. But Tai Chi is already dead for the everything is evil, so he's not reacting and the ref calls for the match. I hate, hated this. And what I was, you know, in, in that blurt, that moment where I wanted to say too many things at once, I'm bringing it back around, where I'm telling you, uh, where I'm bringing it back here. You know, Gato... Head Booker, Dick Togo, apparently works, you know, very closely with Gato. He's a friend. And they're both fans of rest, of Western wrestling, right? D don't fool yourselves into wondering, what are they doing with evil? What are they doing with the House of Torture? They want to, they want to have a good old-fashioned, not even that old-fashioned. They just want to have a, a Western-type heel in their company because they, they dig that kind of stuff. So when I see this kind of shit happening where, oh, Dick Togo has Miho Abe by, Miho Abe by, the, by the hair and, and then Taiji gets distracted and the ref gets distracted. I'm like, this is dumb. This is dumb. It's, it's like deer in headlights. It's, it's, you know, the, our, our modern North American wrestlers, you know, who have the attention spans of gnats who are wrestling this competitive match, but are going to drop everything when they hear music. At the top of the ramp, you're gonna be. Wait a second! I had you in a submission hold, but I have to release it because someone's about to come out. It's so stupid. Like I can live with it 
in in our North American environment to a certain degree, but it like it doesn't work. It doesn't it doesn't connect in Japan. And you know what? I expect more out of the booking in New Japan because that's kind it's that's kind of where you turn to when you're sick of of ridiculous creative that sort of insults your intelligence that you kind of just want to focus on the sport. You want to focus on the on the athleticism. It's bleh. I didn't like this match at all. It stunk. And it's funny because even even commentary, whose job is to put this over, right? They cannot but not acknowledge the fact that evil doesn't have any sympathizers. That he doesn't have fans. Sonata defeated Chase Owens. This was the night that I was most worried about when I saw this one coming. I was like, this is like a, a this is a a a mid-card card from top to bottom that they're trying to pass off as something special. And it wasn't. It was not special. It was exactly what you thought this card was going to be. And it's exactly what you thought this match was going to be. Paradise Lock early on. It, it, it felt like... I felt like Chase Owens, who I really, really liked in the in the first two nights of Block B. I thought he was motivated. He looked good. I think he was flowing. He was in a groove. I feel like he he I, I he wasn't as inspired. Let me I, let's put it that way. He wasn't as inspired tonight as his previous matches are. Was it because of you know Stone Face? Dulles drywall Sonata? Maybe, because Sonata was absolutely in his Sonata self. Just like, show me some energy. Show me some love, pal. This match needs a spark. We didn't get it. Chase Owens did have some nice moments, though. He had a, he at some point, he hits a, a last shot. He does a, he did a really nice, uh, uh, blockbuster out of a cravat off the, the well it's not really a blockbuster because he's not jumping off the ropes but Sonata was sitting up on the turnbuckles and he goes and he cravats him off the top good stuff you know Shining Wizard Sonata had a springboard missile dropkick followed by a TKO like you know little flashes but nothing that came together no emotional investment and, and no spark there was just no spark to this match there's even a ref bump at some point. And, and then there's a ref bump and I'm like, okay, well, here we go with the Bullet Club stuff. Nothing. Not even a low blow attempt by Owens. Sonata tries to get, he actually gets the visual pin on Chase Owens. So I'm like, oh, Chase Owens is going to win. But no, soon thereafter, Sonata gets the win with the skull end. And the moonsault. Like, he actually has Chase Owens pass out and then goes and does the moonsault to cover him. And I'm like, okay. What was the ref bump for? Unless they were just doing some misdirection, which I guess I can appreciate, but it just feels weird. It feels weird because we're so conditioned to ref bumps being these meaningful story storytelling devices where it's like, oh, there's a ref bump. Something bad is going to happen, but like nothing happened out of the ref bump. Anyway, Sonata gets his two points. Good for him. 
Jeff Cobb defeated Hiroki Goto in my favorite match of the night, which isn't saying much, but this was, like, it's not, definitely, definitely not as exciting as Zack Sabre Jr. and, and Kota Ibushi was, for sure. But a strong match, and definitely better than the first two matches we were subject to um, on this card here. And uh, you kind of felt like, you know, they start off nice and slow and you kind of feel like, you know, oh, we know people want us to start laying in big power moves on each other, but we're not get we're, we're, we're going to take our sweet time to get there. And when they did, that was, when they finally did, it was really cool because we wanted the violence. Cobb starts smashing Goto's back. He does a couple of over-the-knee backbreakers with Goto, and then he just, like, he just tosses him. And not, like, throws him, you know? N nothing like... Literally. Like, I am taking the trash out. Two, two big trash bags out to the side of the road, and I'm just like, eh. Just tosses him. It's great stuff. Goto rolls away from the standing moonsault, hits a bulldog. Cobb hits a standing drop kick. He's getting ready for Okada. He's getting ready for Okada. Mark my words. He covers uh, Goto, but Co Goto kicks out. And Cobb then immediately flows into the standing moonsault. Fantastic stuff, which he hits. They strong style each other, but Cobb gets the upper hand until he runs into Anushi Garoshi and literally runs into Anushi Garoshi. Goto can't cover, though, because he's been rocked this entire match. Cobb is just strong right he's just strong hitting power moves Goto in this match his resilience that's all he can bank on he's trying to do shit he's hitting his big moves but uh, Cobb is just he's he's a beast right now Cobb hits a spin cycle and a German suplex Goto avoids a tour of the islands with a side Russian leg sweep and almost squeezes a surprise win out of Cobb, but Cobb yanks him off the mat. Just like, whoop! Right into a tour of the islands. Just like, he just he just yanks on his arms and pulls him up like Goto's a five-year-old kid. Spins him around. Wham! We're, thank you, ma'am! Jeff Cobb. Again, Jeff Cobb is another guy, like, he's fighting, I, I think I've mentioned it every time, on every recap, but I think it, it's important to underscore, Jeff Cobb is fighting Kazuchika Okada on the last night of the G1, on the last night of qualifiers. This is what we're building to. We're building to that match. We are we are rebuilding the myth of the Rainmaker. Maybe not rebuilding the myth. Reminding everyone that Kazuchika Okada is the Rainmaker, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, uh, and that we are eventually going to have to get that guy absolutely back and we are getting him back right now and he is going to plow through everyone and right now Jeff Cobb is being positioned as the final boss for Kazuchika Okada in this G1 it's going to be good I mean the ride is going to be fantastic Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Tamatanga here who tried to end the match very very early with some gun stun attempts he even whips out the Tongan death grip. In which Tanahashi even is like, oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pull out your dad's 
shenanigans. Here you go. Tama does one of Tanahashi does one of his own. Tanahashi hits the somersault senton and attempts uh, the cloverleaf, but Tamatonga keeps him from doing it. Goes back to the Tongan grip, hits the Tongan twist, then a sling blade, pulling out uh, stuff from Tanahashi's arsenal, and then does a really nice high fly flow. Really nice. Tanahashi fights back, hits aces high, then uh, goes for the high fly flow, which misses. And Tamatonga, and this is what stinks. Tama Tonga hits the gun stun and then sort of like hulks up. He celebrates. He's going, yeah! And then he collapses. And he can't get the pin. He can't immediately pin. So he crawls eventually over to Tanahashi, covers him, gets one, two, and then Tanahashi reverses him into a crucifix for the win. And I'm like, fuck off, Tama Tonga. What are you doing? This is dumb. I didn't like the finish. Like, I don't know what this was. Do you chalk this up to G1 inexperience? I don't know. Like, I, I I, don't think it makes sense to sort of be like, oh, well, you know, tournament inexperience. He had a match, won, signed, sealed, delivered. You hit the big finisher on, the, on one of the biggest, uh, uh, toughest hombres in the, in the block. Cover him. Don't go like to the crowd. Just die. You know, just like die. Or cover the guy. Some fun stuff, but I an entirely forgettable match that both guys worked fine. You know, just just nothing to it. Felt like a you know, felt like a break night to me. And we get to the main event where Kazuchika Okada defeated Yoshi-Hashi. They went 25 over 25 minutes in this match. I got you. Listen, we sat down to watch Kazuchika Okada, which is fun, and Yoshi-Hashi fight each other. For 25 minutes in something that was passing itself off as a main event. <laughs> this is kind of the, this, this is exactly one of the problems that a lot of typical New Japan viewers had this year. It's that there's so much talent missing because of COVID, because of restrictions, because of travel restrictions, and so on and so forth. People being sick, people that you you book the G1 and you book this block, and you you say to yourself, you know, at some point, I'm gonna have to put. I I, I that's I feel like you know at some point I'm gonna have to put Okada and Yoshihashi in a main event, and it just it doesn't connect. I don't understand it. I mean, this is the match that I thought that Okada was going to give Yoshihashi. 
a match where Yoshihashi was going to look as good as possible, was going to be able to do his his uh, plucky uh, underdog comeback situation, you know, where he's been rest, you know, he's been a 13 years an underdog at some point, you know what I mean? And you know they, they they battle for control both of them. Yoshihashi gets fired up at some. They go to the floor, right? They end up on the floor. Kazushiko Okada hits not one, but two DDTs on the floor. Two of them. He hits one of them. Yoshihashi starts gaining consciousness again. Okada's like, fuck this shit. I don't care if this kid's in chaos with me. I don't care he's my, my, my faction buddy. I'm rolling to... Because I'm winning the G1. Because I'm focused on winning this thing. Uh, he rolls back out to the floor... Plants him again with a DDT, rolls back into the ring, and and I'm I'm supposed to suck it in and say perennial lower mid card guy, jo- Yoshihashi. I was gonna call him Yoshihashi. Apologies to Joshi fans. I'm supposed to buy that this guy is going to get up from two DDTs on the floor, picture perfect. Delivered by one of the top guys in the company, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's gonna go. Yoshihashi's gonna go. I can still do this. Bullshit. He gets some strikes in. Yeah, he gets a neck breaker, a pescado, a blockbuster. He gets money clipped at some point. Remember when the money clip was just taking people out? Remember when the money clip took out Shingo Tagaki Takagi? Cause I swear I'll never say his last name right. You remember when the money clip took out Shingo Takagi? Because I do. And you're going to tell me that Yoshihashi is going to sit there and he's going to be like, I might pass out. And he's going to tough tough through it for like you know, 127 seconds before reaching the bottom rope to break it up. My problem with this match isn't complicated. I have nothing... I have nothing against Yoshihashi as a wrestler. I think he is a fine worker. I think he... he, he seemed, Look, he seems to get that underdog energy perfectly because he's got the crowd behind him he's got the energy he's got the people behind him they they, they they believe in his hope spots they want him to get the big comeback but as commentary put down it took him 12 years to get to winning his first title in New Japan and his first title that he wins is the fucking never six man tags that's the first title. It's not even a singles title. It's his first. That's the one he wins. It's the one that. It's the prelim title. Zuh. It's the one that they used to get as many guys on the show as possible. You're going to tell me that this guy here can last 25 minutes, over 25 minutes, with Kazuchika Okada getting up after being DDT'd on the floor twice, powering through a money clip when better stronger wrestlers than him have submitted and 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 given up 
Are you kidding me? I understand that Okada uh, Okada is moving back away from the money clip. It's not his thing now. I get that. Even gets the fucking butterfly lock on Okada and Okada is like, oh, this hurts. And there's a long spot there. Oh. There's this one moment in the match where they do a, 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 where Yoshihashi pins Okada and he gets a razor thin 2.9, right? And it's after the 25 minute mark. And I'm like, and I bought into it for a fraction of a second. I was, I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. But thankfully, no. And then Yoshihashi goes and argues with the ref. Well, then what, what do you think Kazuchika Okada does? The Rainmaker is unavoidable at that point. Boom. Just knocks, knocks his fucking teeth out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Done. Oh. Over 25 minutes of this was way too long. You put this, you open the night, or second, maybe not the curtain jerker, Second match from the start. You get Okada there, you know, warm up the crowd. People are excited to see him. You get Yoshihashi there doing his hope spots and everything. And you, you get yourself a nice 10, 11 minute match. And everything's fine with the world. And Yoshihashi, this, this, I, there was, I could not buy into anything that was happening. Not, especially not after the past two nights where we saw Kazuchika Okada have a, a a barn burner with his rival Hiroshi Tanahashi that almost went to time and then just destroying evil on top of that on the next night and then you're going to tell me that that Yoshihashi pre presents a a near 30 minute threat for one of the greatest wrestlers of all time one of the greatest Three-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Three-time, right? Are you, you're shitting me, right? And the match, what, like, the match wasn't that great. Like, I can't even turn around and say, oh, Yoshihashi pulled out, you know, stuff that we, he made me a believer. No, this was a Yoshihashi match that Kazuchika Okada was gracious enough to stretch out and make it look good. I would never have put this in the main event. But this is what this is the problem with block B today. And you know there's there's going to be another night uh kind of like this one and I can't remember which one, but there's another night where I'm like, "Oh, this is all I think the main the, the main event uh, is I can't remember. Look, I'm not even going to go try and go down, but there's another night where you're like, "Oh, the match positioning is so weird." Uh, this is an entirely skippable evening of professional wrestling. Everyone who needed to win or should have won won. There were no surprises, nothing shocking. We got Jeff Cobb at the top of the block with Kazuchika Okada at six points each. Taichi, Evil, Sonata, and Hiroshi Tanahashi all tied at four. Tamatanga is the only guy with two points. And rounding out the bottom, Chase Owens, Hiroki Goto, 
and Yoshihashi still all have to get points on the board. I think Chase Owens is going to get a two. I think Hiroki Goto is going to get four. And Yoshihashi is going to stay at zero. That would be my prediction. Speaking of predictions, I'm going to wrap this up really quickly. But let's talk about the next uh, show that we have here, which is going to be night seven. We're talking about A Block, which is going to be on September 30th. So uh, tonight or tomorrow, depending on where, where things happen in your part of the world. At the time of recording this, of course. We're getting Tomohiro Ishii versus Tonga Loa, which honestly, I think I, I think I, I think Ishii needs needs a two points here. That's what I'd do. Zack Sabre Jr. Def- defends against Great Okan. Look, this is this is the one here. This is going this is the match that is going to hang on to everyone's attention. It's it's going to give a very good direction as to how the block is going to play out moving forward. If you're asking me, have Zach go through uh, the entirety of Great Okan. And Mr. Fantastic in the chat, good to see you, by the way. Asked the question, he says, is Great Okan actually a big deal now or are they trying to get the United Empire over? Great Okan has always been a big deal. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He's all, yeah, it's always, it, it, he's grown on me, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the gimmick and whatnot, but he, he's definitely being established as a, as a powerhouse, but you know what? The United Empire is getting itself overall by itself. It's not even an issue. Jeff Cobb is fantastic as well. The whole, like right now, the United Empire is the most interesting faction in New Japan. Kota Ibushi versus Toruyano is also going to be happening on uh, on night seven. Uh, Ibushi should win, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to win here. I don't think they're going to go full in. Oh, Kota Ibushi doesn't have it right now. Not not that deep just yet. And Shingo versus Kenta is going to be our main event. And uh, sh- definitely Shingo. I think Shingo is going to come back from that uh, from that loss to uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Jeff Cobb. Uh, well, now we're going to move on to uh, 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 the um, October 1st. So the next day, in two days... Um, Block B action this time. Jeff Cobb taking on Tamatanga. I think Jeff Cobb continues to plow through people. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much Tamatanga wants to work this one. I think that's entirely going to be the dependent mark here. Evil versus Chase Owens. Uh, outside of the Bullet Club interactions and to see how they're going with that storyline, I really don't care. I think Evil is going to pick up a win here. Hopefully Chase Owens will be, will be able to uh, bring some light into this one because I'm not excited for it. Yoshihashi versus Taichi is a match I don't care about. I think Taichi gets the win. And Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroko, Hiroki Goto should be a lot of fun. I think Okada continues plowing through the block. And in the main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Sanada. I think uh, it can go either way because I don't think either man is going to play a role in uh, in the outcome of the block here. If I'm a betting man, I'll go with Sanada. Even though my instinct says Tanahashi's going to win, but I go with Sonata. There's they they do have some back and forth, so there you go. I will be back Friday. Thank you, everyone, by the way, for listening and watching and joining me today on YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I will be back Friday to recap blocks 
Knights uh, 7 and 8 of blocks A and B of the G1 Climax 31. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Subscribe if you're popping in for the first time. And if you feel like I earned your subscription, of course, that's always super important. Uh, so uh, subscribe, like this video as well, share it out there. And hey, there's a playlist where you can keep track of all of my recaps of just these recaps here. A nice little tidy playlist just for you, which you should take advantage of. So it's all there. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, thank you so much. Don't forget to leave us up a review. When I say us, I mean myself. Hope you guys have a great rest of your evening or great rest of your day. We'll see you on Friday for more G1 action. Talk to you soon.